They are using all kinds of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. I got out in 1989. We had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations to all the Skywatcher listeners across the universe. We are transmitting in multiple locations tonight, obviously being produced from Miami, Florida, but all of us are around the country on the show tonight. I am right now one-third, but there will be more. I am just currently one-third of the Skywatcher's team. I am the one and only other guy uh, on the phone and on Skype tonight for our podcast and radio show. We, of course, have our friendly damsel in distress uh, or restress or regress. I don't know. I haven't rhymed a lot. Man, you uh, really got to work on this other guy. Jesus. Uh, my God, it was the voice from <laughs> My God, man. What are you doing to my show? Uh, that was so bad. Was oh, my God. So bad. Not so bad. only is your announcer voice horrible. I love you, other guy, but it's horrible. That's number one. The hell were you doing? What is... Damsel in distress. What? Like, could you know. be any more sexist? You are. You know what, Translate? You in trouble. You're going to be in trouble the rest of the show. Okay, if I beat me it's up, trouble. Beat me up for it. Okay, that, I but, wouldn't. You like it? You would like it if I did that. I'm not yes, doing that. Yeah. Normally, I Crystal have... Storm maybe a lot of things, but a damsel in distress? No, man. Yeah, no. No, normally if she's gonna beat me up, she's I'm a damsel way. kicking distress into your head. That's what That's she's doing. That's right. I'm doing I mean, she is w- one of the most interesting people to talk to. Uh, on our show is always going to be the famous Crystal Storm. The voice from the background was the guy in the background, the man who orchestrates it all, uh, our friendly angel. And, of course, we have Chris Brown tonight, but I know we will be having more people on the show tonight. Sorry, I'm a little bit off-center today. Um, some of the um, some of the Skywatcher staff knows why. Um, from what happened last week in my life, uh, while Angel lost uh, his mother, I also just recently lost someone. But I am here to try and plug on through. So if I'm a little bit off balance, folks, please excuse me. Blame it on me. Um, send uh, your thoughts and your uh, arguments and your uh, comments to obviously me at uh, Skywatchers Radio. Uh, but I'm gonna let Crystal <laughs> take over at this point because I am not doing well doing this right now. Crystal, please take it over. <laughs> you weren't doing too bad. You really <laughs> no, no, no. He just it was, no. It was okay. See, see, even even let's, com- let's compare. Let's compare his performance to a movie right let's, now. Okay. The Titanic. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it's I definitely better, think it's, like, it's better than Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Think yeah. after it hits the iceberg, and that's exactly what was <laughs> happening here. <laughs> it was sinking. <laughs> you were sinking the ship, other guy. This is what I, 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 I leave. 
you know, I leave because I have family concerns, I have family issues, and I leave the show in your hands. Damn That's the best angel, you can I do. I thought you were going to draw me one, like one of the French girls. Um, but <laughs> okay. I actually want this to happen now, just so I can see it. Just because I want to look at this artwork and be. I don't He's know. Let me make me look like an iceberg with two eyes. You know why? Because it's the Jews' fault why the Titanic sank. You know. It's <laughs> That's true. That's right. Iceberg, true. Goldberg, they're all the same. Yep, yep, yep. I agree. <laughs> and it would not be an addition of Skywatchers Radio if the other guy had not insulted at least a third of the population. So I haven't done this in a while, but uh, if you have any hate, any hate mail at all, please send it to the other guy at ahole dot com. Mm-hmm. Oh, we actually have the domain ahole dot com. Okay, yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Woohoo! Great. We, we, uh, that, we got a whole new website for that one. Yeah. All right. True. True, true, true. But we have Mr. Chris Brown on the line with us. We are going to have an amazing guest in the second hour. We have a book author who has written Two and the Collectors. It talks about disclosure, mass colonization, and the imagining of mankind migrating to a larger Earth-like planet. Which they recently actually found, um, you know, the one, not the Hubble telescope, but the other one, actually found one actually not that far away. Yeah, I was. It'll uh, take sixty light years to get there, but we can that's get sad. there. We can get there. We can get there. So that's Mr. Thank Tom Schaefer. He'll be on at about ten thirty. Mr. Chris Swag Brown, do you have do you have news? Do you do you have? I can do. you save us from I ourselves? Do. Because we're I just. I do have news, and I'm here to save the sinking Titanic. Thank you. And so Thanks. what I am here to talk about. <laughs> Is uh, about the Alabama uh, in Alabama the the, the Alabama uh, in Alabama the Alabama cylinder uh, UFO caught briefly on witnesses uh, got a video here so it's uh, bringing this in I'm going to put this in the chat here so everybody can see and um, yep yep yep. And uh, yep, 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 yep. anyway, I really felt bad. That's fascinating. Uh, I really fascinating radio. I'm, I oh know. I did feel. I well, I felt bad for the for the uh, for the other guy when you guys were dragging him down, and it reminded me of Fred Flintstone when he gets chewed out by the boss and he. What's well, so like, what are you, like the Barney really Rubble? Super, yeah, they are the, yeah. He turns really super small. You know, <laughs> he feels like he's like two foot two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. For, for, let me ask a question though. Who who booked the guest tonight? Uh, uh, wonderful Danny booked our guest this evening. Okay. Um, the guest this evening is freaking out on Skype right now, and I didn't want to say it on air, but what the hell. Oh, no. He is freaking out because nobody got a hold of him earlier, and nobody told him anything about uh, or did any show prep, uh, which, of course, that's what we do here on Skywatchers Radio, mm-hmm. right? You guys are just following my lead, because I've been doing that for seven years, folks. There's show, yeah. What show prep? What show prep, people? We, we have a conversation for an hour and a half. That's it. That's what this <gasps> is. Now, I'd love to have this guy on the show. I mean, I'm sure he's a fascinating individual, but he's like freaking out on Skype. It, it's actually pretty amusing because I'm having two conversations, one with him and then you guys. <laughs> and if I'm looking at the one over here with him, it's not very pretty. He's, he's very upset. Uh, he's highly offended that nobody got a hold of him. Well, I mean, he's apparently got a great book going forward. I am happy to have conversation with Danny about doing some guest follow-up, 
But and tonight, I, the one I did I is know, not what, on the, on the line. This, this, yeah, I know. Look, in all honesty, I, I do I do follow up with guests when I book them. You know, when, when I am hosting the show, I do a little bit of show prep. I talk to them the day before, yeah. the day of the show, an hour before. So you know, there's like four of you. None of you can call them. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, look, look. Hey, hey, we well, got. Call them all I assume. Okay, so I will, but I assumed that we were good because I mean we got a lot of information. Danny sent us talking points. We've got bio information. I had guest contact information from Danny, so I assumed there was no there was no reason for us to believe that things were not okay based on the information that we have been given throughout the week. You got some bad intel. Yeah, I've got talking points. I've got a book. I've got a trailer. I mean, I don't know. Like, I literally have everything you could possibly want for a guest. So but we did not talk to the guest before the show. I, uh, <laughs> it's okay. I'm gonna try to smooth in the waters with them. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, give it a give it a give it a good shot here. Give it a, <laughs> give it a. I, I, to be fair, I was not around this week. I'm a busy. I, I was not around to do a sound check with this guy. That's why I said everybody communicate in the Skywatcher Skype check because you're right. There's three of us. Like shit, you're right. Somebody couldn't have called this poor. I don't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel like if you book the guest, you got to do the sound check with him. I feel like that should be the rule. That should be the rule. I think that is not a bad idea. With mm-hmm. there you I, go. I, Totally it's your agree. guest. You got to do the sound check. That's the yeah. rule. Yeah, Danny. That's to the list, Angel. That's the rule number whatever. That's rule number 6,842. Fantastic. I hope he comes on. I, I'm sorry that he's flipping out, I don't, uh, but I hope he joins us at 1030 so we can talk about his book. Nice thing, sounds but, interesting. You know, if, if he doesn't want I mean, yeah. to, you know, I'm sure we can right. survive without him. We've we can. Enough twisted names and humor. In here to you know, we could even talk about the DVD release of Star Wars and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff too. But uh, there's enough ufology news going on in the past week. You know what? We're going to have a very interesting Skywatchers radio on tonight. Then, Nancy, I know you're listening. You will have to call in at some point. Yes, we need the Nancy Burns experience. We need a Nancy Burns experience. All right. Okay. (laughs) Stop for a second. Stop for a second. Uh oh. Says okay. Voice let's from do, above. Says let's do it. Let's go back and let's just start from the beginning and 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 go ahead and go on with the show. So he is going to come on. And, oh, he is. And, yep, he is. And I got that taken care of. So let's start off and let's just go right and forget it all. Tom, we will see you in a few. And I'm going to talk about the, the the Alabama cylinder case here that I put in. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Oh, hold on. Before we move to the Alabama moonshine case or whatever. What uh, what's exactly is Tom's uh, you know deal with like what what is this book about? It's about two and the three. No, it's about what? T U two and um. Are you what, are you speaking Chinese? What are you speaking? What are you saying? I, I'm trying to understand what his book is about. You're horrible. God bless you. I don't know what I don't know what else going on here, Chris. What, what's happened? What just happened? Okay, the the book is called Two and the Collectors, and okay. according to Tom, it is about disclosure, mass colonization, and it's basically about people on Earth that migrate to another planet because we've borked Earth, and aliens there help us do this. No oh, that little story, yeah. Description yeah. of okay. that 
on his Amazon <laughs> there page. It, not on his Amazon page. However, if you will read, if you had read the email I sent you in the talking points, it gives you a you're, nice little You're asking break. him to do some homework or, some, or something I extra. Did, Come on. I did. I, he on, said, how dare page. you? <laughs> oh, he he why he could he could describe his book in an email, but why he can't put it on his Amazon page? Why are you critiquing his Amazon page like you're a publisher? What she said. <laughs> you for real right now? <laughs> like why do we care? All right, fine, we don't care. Let's get him on the and torture him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to Ray Hernandez's ass out of here either, but you know. Right. Oh, we, oh. well, which, I, which would be funny because to... he's also in Miami, by the way. So it would be two in Miami. That... <laughs> okay. Well, we, we can yeah. Well, you know, let's point <laughs> out. Let's get, let's get some stuff going here. Yeah. Speaking of which, you guys, uh, you know who was the uh, guest on Feature Theater this past week? This month? How did that go? By the okay. way, he, he <laughs> yeah, says, he'll be he'll be standing by. So. Um, well, we'll have him on in ten minutes. And yeah. he has a good headset. Yep. Okay. Okay. See, that's another reason why you guys definitely have to do some prep. Uh, before the show, so you could see how he sounds. Make sure he sounds good enough to be on air. I know he's going to okay. sound great, and uh, because he does radio himself, and he sits in with with other people, so on the show, so he's all set on the headset. He's he's, he's not like team. on he's not like on KGR crap or anything like that. Right? Nope, he is. Okay, no, nope, he isn't. Right. I think he's yeah, and so right. everything's great with him, and he's he's put together like a like he should be. So, but um, I tell you what, we can do though. But we can talk what, about what can that Alabama cylinder if we like. That's a hell of a segue, Chris. Good job. Go until we talk about this news article, so we should just do it. <laughs> uh, let's I talk about send, it. All right. I did send the, the video there into, into, into chat, and this is uh, – you guys can see. And this is, uh, this is caught, actually another – this is a daytime sighting. And this is an Alabama cylinder UFO caught briefly on witness video. It says an Alabama witness at Pell City reported watching and videotaping a large black cylinder-shaped UFO hovering over the highway. According to the testimony, it says that uh, – let's go down here a little bit. Uh, Chris, you know, I made the mistake of, of – clicking on the picture, thinking that was the story. And I see a guy with his head blown off, and I'm like, what the hell? Ooh. <laughs> Uh, Thank you, Alan. Thank you for that. Yeah, oh, that, that, that was my thoughts on 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 our guest tonight when he said that he wanted to cancel and just walk off. Oh, I got you. So I got gotcha. put that down. Good. Uh, yeah, that's a good yeah. Ouch. That's good. Yeah, you don't want me to put the video. This is what ready. I'm looking at right now. And there you go. That's the one being redirected. I don't know if it will not work through. Just says no, being you're, redirected. No, your, article, your article worked fine. I'm I'm looking at the uh, the oh, video. Oh, I'm right. sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. No, you're good. You're good. All right. It says the witness is driving eastbound along I-20 just west of Peel City, uh, Peel City, at 12:02 p.m. on October 21st, 2015, when a large black hovering object was noticed over the interstate. It says I whipped out my this camera. This week, if it happened in October 15. Ah, uh, some people, you know, they just don't know where to go, believe it or not. It says, I whipped out my camera and tried to record it, says the witness stated. It says, I estimate the object was to be around 80 feet long, approximately uh, 300 uh, feet off of the uh, deck. He says, my officer, I, I observed 
it for about two miles of the interstate before it passing underneath it. The witness described the object. So, yeah, it says, uh, it says, uh, I could not see any windows or features in the object. It appeared to be uh, stationary. It says the witness asked his wife if she saw the object and she was traveling behind him. It says the wife was traveling less than 10 minutes behind me and was not a- uh, able to positively ID the object. It had moved away by then. It said the witness included a short video that huh. the object was uh, still uh, uh, yeah, just image taken. Yeah, just watch the video. So yeah. yeah, that's a really weird curved. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, that's that's a really really bad boomerang. Um, but bad. Well, boomerang. well he, here here's my thing. Um, as you can see, there's a little reflection of whatever light source was actually reflecting off the windows. This was taken while the car was driving through a window. I'm hoping it's just not bug splatter or something. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, guys. Some someone wanna wanna comment on that one? I'm I, not sure. I just Actually, is a comment on the article that said uh, that somebody else saw the same thing. Okay, saw a similar object, um, but they didn't report it because they didn't know how to describe the shape, and it just didn't seem to make sense to her. But that's interesting. The mm-hmm. shape didn't make sense. Okay. Yeah. So right. yeah, that's that's interesting. I, yeah. I applaud this person for trying to get a picture of this while they were driving, though. That's uh, risky. That's dangerous, you know. Yeah, that was super, yeah, super dangerous. But there was no crash, no 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 loss of life involved in in the filming of this UFO. Yes. So that's 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 down there, and then I also have one from you know I always like to get it from the open minds, but from the open minds now I'm going to move myself to the Huffing Post, the Huffington Post, and or the Huffing just, Post, either way. Yes. Huff, huff, to you. You know, well, yeah. So oh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> it says uh, UFOs are reported across the globe on a daily basis. Often the same that. thing. Yes. And uh, this here is, a, uh, well, this actually is, um, got a video here of UFO that disappears into the clouds. It says in, in, uh, or um, Ontario, Canada. And so it has a, a video there of it uh, going, well, two. I would love to hear what you think about this one, other guy, because that's weird. Mm-hmm. And, and they I'm, just they I'm just kind of disappear. I got that answer for you, but go ahead, other guy. Give it to them first. Okay. I was thinking uh, myself. I, 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 already, I, already know, I already know exactly what we're looking at here. I know. Okay. And, I and know. There, there's nothing extraterrestrial at all here, but I'm go so ahead. Sad. I yeah. feel that they are. Re- I feel that you're going to say the same thing that the, the reflections of the lights in, yep. the, in the window. The, you know. the, the, the reflections of the lights that are going off inside the room. If you look when the uh, camera points back, you can actually see the window that it's. Uh, you know, the camera's pointing towards. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with that as well too. Um, Somebody on the other side, just turn the lights off. Way to go, Huffington Post. Good like job. Said, Huffy Post. Yeah. Gosh. Posting Huffy stuff. Huffy stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the video here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's not even that's not even a good fake. That's like a really bad no, fake. It's, you know what? Like, it's it's one of those like, damn, I want my money back. You know, from for watching this, I'm like, seriously, I want, it I, is. You I, need I, your money back for watching like, that, and 
It's yeah, so I'm sensationalist, not. too, the way they title this. Is this proof of UFOs coming from or going to other dimensions? I mean, if you need, if you wanted to write that article, we know some other That's videos you could probably have bait. put. <laughs> but there are just so many better videos of like actual UFOs that you could have used for this article if you wanted to use that byline. That's not even a good one. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you did, we guys debunked that like 30 seconds. Like you could at least use like the what about the what about the, the UFO coming out of the volcano? That was at least cool. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, coming and going from another dimension. Like this is like a like yet. So yeah, sad. I, I, yeah, I can't. So bad, HuffPost. Bad. Whoever wrote that article, you should feel bad because you did bad. Correct. What she said. Shame go. on you, you, you bad people. Shame on you. <laughs> that sounded really convincing. I know. I know. I know it was. It was good. It was good, though. I know. It was. Well, we All try. Right. We yep. try. All right. You know. Sorry for my lack of enthusiasm at this point. You're fine. Yeah, are you still? Are you still hurt over the uh, the intro? Well, that's no. It's been a rough week for me. It really has. Uh, I feel you, you know, as we know from last week, um, I lost mm-hmm. my uncle, and you know, we put him in the ground. Well, we didn't put him in the ground, but we had services on Sunday for him, and um, you know, family is sitting shiva, and it's it's been a rough one. It's been a rough one, but that's you know, fun. you know, and I was. You know, uh, the easiest way I could phrase it is, is that I was his closest family member, uh, blood relative, because he never had kids. So, uh, yeah, I was close with Smart him. Man. Mm-hmm. It's, Smart you know, man. Never and have kids. And, I support that. And he, and he went, yep. uh, you know, he went rather stupidly quick. That's understatement. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That, same with my mom. Yeah. One day to the next, man. No, no, but your mom was sick for ages. This yeah, guy but, got pneumonia yeah, but, one week and something got into his lungs because his immune system was down and he was gone in a week. Well, my mother was – she has been sick for years, but she was not, walking around and, and doing everything normal for months and months and months and months. I'm not I mean, to, back I'm in no, December and January, she was normal. Remember when I broke my ankle in January? Yeah. My mom was normal. I mean, she was she was helping me out. It was literally like it, it, when she caught pneumonia and uh, – in, February, early February, I mean, it was like one day to the next. It just deteriorated like rapidly after that. Unfortunately, these things happen and, you know, yeah. you know, I'm not, sorry, I'm not my usual off-center self. <laughs> so, You're I'll, I'll fine, other guy. It's good. It's okay. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. We love that you and Angel are here talking with us about super important UFOs. Okay, excellent. Which or reminds lights, me, or, or are we supposed to be getting the Nancy yeah. Burns experience right around now? For no, 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 no. no oh. Nancy Burns experience tonight. I know no. my body is. Yeah. Well, it, it gets sadder, but, doesn't it? Just gets worse. We just need the Nancy Burns experience for just. I know. I know. She just doesn't want to call in tonight. She's just she even, like, she even no. said she's like, I'm going to be just listening tonight. That's it. That's it. I mean, I want nothing and everything. I know, right? He's not here. This is like, I don't even know what's going on in the world. I wasn't expecting to talk. I really wasn't in the mood to talk because, you know, tomorrow's the one-month anniversary of my mother's passing. So I really wasn't uh, feeling like, you know, up to it. But then, you know, the other guy botches up the the intro of the show. and (laughs) Do you think maybe I did that on purpose to get you to say something? I I really, really doubt that. I highly doubt that. that You know, I'm not trying to say that I did that. I'm just asking that question. And I highly doubt it. It's not like you. It's not like you. 
not like you. No, you're right. It's not like me to goof up, but I did. I mean, Sorry. it's not. It's not that you weren't trying, other guy. I mean, you you were, you you gave it your all, man. You were giving it a hundred percent. So much effort. Just, so much effort. It was just bad effort. Bad. Hey, got a question for you guys. What do you think of Secure Team 10's UFO listings usually? Not those third phase of moon people, but the Secure Team 10 people. Third phase of moon? Who? No, no, I'm <laughs> saying Secure Team The guys that are at Secure Team 10. I, you know. Uh, never you know I, was, I feel you know, like... I, didn't we see... I've thrown some of the videos at you, and you know some. Yeah, of them I feel like I've seen a Secure like, Team Ten video. You know, I don't know enough like about them to make an educated statement on how I feel about them. Does that is that fair? Okay. All right. Yeah, I've yeah. we've seen a couple videos, but to be honest, other guy, I don't remember which videos were theirs. To be like, the majority of our videos have been good or fake or whatever the case may be. Right. Why do you ask? No, no, no. I was just wondering, you know, I'm just, you know, scrolling through YouTube to see if there's any other things we should be pointing out uh, on the news right now. And, uh, you know, they just have some really interesting things once in a while. That's all. Okay. Well, according to the UFO International Project, scientists have finally proven that invisible alien entities are here on Earth. Okay. That's what I've been bumping. That's why I've been bumping into things. But if they're invisible, how can they tell? I know it's a sciencey article. I'm just going to link it so you uh, so you guys can go crazy. Uh, with it. Probably using thermal imaging, infrared imaging. Uh, actually, I'm going to skim it because more have... blurry images of aliens and UFOs. I know. Jesus, man, <laughs> more well, blurry. Okay, Sean, a successful corporation called Thunder Energies, which is an optics, nuclear physics, and energy company, have the ones that have claimed to have detected invisible entities living in Earth's atmosphere and watching over us all. Uh, they have a dun, dun, dun. I know it's deep. It's deep. It's deep. Uh, apparently, they made the discovery accidentally using a Santilli telescope that was developed to try to discover proof of theoretical antimatter galaxies, antimatter cosmic rays, and antimatter asteroids. They are concerned that the previously unknown micro life forms may be carrying out covert surveillance on Earth because of where they were discovered. Serious. Okay. Where were they discovered again? I know that's why I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking to see. Uh, They're in the on. atmosphere, but they... they they don't hang on. I'm like, uh, uh, I'm are. scanning. I'm scanning. You know, it'd be you know, it'd be crazy. If the the Black Knight satellite uh, is like there to like shield them, and like it's all an illusion. That would be cool. And that if we disable that, they'll all become visible. Ooh. Ah. Well, I bet you the Black Knight satellite is doing something like that. Or, probably you know, is probably is. guys we got to yeah. go on break and, yeah, uh, and get go our guests on break on. so yep. all right let's do that good good job <laughs> right, chris we'll get back uh, to that's, this topic that's good backup I, I needed that thanks good i'm thanks. sorry i know you're, you're the man you're the that man chris hey 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 chris listen to me you're the man thank you i appreciate that let me look in the mirror first and see yeah look in the mirror and say hey you guy in the mirror you're the man all right I am. And then take a video and share it with us, please. And take a video and put it on YouTube saying, I'm the fucking man. I am the man. There you go. <laughs> Such conviction in the voice. Yeah, that's I know, it was great. I love it. Wow. That. Guys, we'll be back with uh, <laughs> our guests. Stick around. Imagine.
imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the internet. All right, everybody, welcome back to Skywatchers Radio, and uh, with us now on the line is the guest, Tom Schaefer. Tom, welcome to the show, and uh, thank you for being the first person that I welcome back in a very, very long time on the show. Almost didn't think we were going to have you on. Uh, sorry about uh, me that. Me either. I wasn't sure what was going on, but uh, <laughs> hey, we're here, and uh, it's Wednesday, and uh, I guess it's hump day, right? Exactly. Look, I don't like to uh, blame anybody, and uh, we don't we don't throw people under the bus here, we don't, but... but but you know, it was Danny. Danny's fault, and we got to just air him out. We need to blame somebody. Just have to point it out. He's not even just here hang... to defend himself. Poor Danny. Just hang a sign on the side of him and just shoot him. Just shoot him. That's it. That's all. Just shoot him. We'll take the blame for Danny. <laughs> now, Tom, you're you're out here in Miami, right? Because I'm I'm a Miami in myself. I'm down down south, way down south. Well, uh, actually, you're... it's a bit of a uh, bit of a marketing thing. What happened is I got I Lies. created the, 
I, it's all lies. <laughs> Lion Ted. Um, actually, what happened was I created the Miami Tom brand back, back in um, 05. But actually, what's even funnier is I had read Trump's book. And he said, market and brand your own name. So actually, I have to blame Trump for that whole moniker because some kid up in uh, the upper north northeast are, has the same name as me. And he created a, a website with my name. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't use my own name. This kid's got it. And he's actually a really good photographer. So uh, uh, I had to come up with something different. I said, well, you know, let's keep it simple. It's uh, People have difficulty spelling my last name anyway. So let's create Miami Tom. It's easy. You know, uh, and I littered the internet with it so i've got the you know my web web development side and my photography side that i that i use that moniker with and uh so yeah so i'm i'm actually uh north of miami now i'm up in a little bitty town north of vero beach called sebastian ah okay all right, all right. well you're not you're not too too far no it's about an hour and a half from boca yeah it's not terribly far yeah, now no now, a science fiction author what got you into science fiction what, what interested you about science fiction you started writing about it I, you know what? It comes back to that phrase, be the change you want to see. And I kept seeing bad sci-fi. And I'm thinking, how is it that these people are putting out unintellectual sci-fi? There was really no challenge to anything that was being displayed other than the mm. fact you go, wow, great special effects. Horrible plot, but great special <laughs> effects. You're watching the Sci-Fi well, Channel online? Can you is point that, out what's a going show on? in particular that really stood out to you there? I'm sorry, say it again. Can you point out a particular show, all three, that really stood out to you that fell into that category? That actually has some intellectual appeal? No, that didn't have intellectual appeal. Well, actually, you know where my my disaffection started when uh, – this was a few years ago when uh, – I guess I fell in love with Sci-Fi Channel back when they had some great shows on there. Then they evolved towards their own self-confessed love of money, making money off of uh, wrestling. And so then they got into that whole brouhaha, and they basically ran off their entire audience because they wanted to show wrestling. They said, we're making more money off of wrestling. Screw science fiction. Who, who needs that anyway? So they basically burned their whole fan base. And so I said, you know what? I, I, I can't deal with this anymore. I kind of left that whole thing alone. And in the, the years following, I never really got on, on Sci-Fi Channel that much at all. Plus, you had to pay extra to get them. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not paying extra for wrestling. I don't want to watch wrestling. I'm not interested in wrestling. <laughs> uh, I haven't watched wrestling since I was a little kid. I used to watch it on Sunday afternoons, you know. But uh, Yeah, when it was almost real back then. Yeah, it was oh, almost yeah. When, when it was wrestling. <laughs> Rick Flair, When it was wrestling. Oh, my God. The days can of you remember? Hogan and Andre can, the Giant. I can go back the even Undertaker? further. The, no, no, guys, guys, guys. The Von Erichs and the Freebirds. Yeah, we'll go back even further. Remember the show? The Rock and Roll then Express. Was the, Funk, the Funk Brothers, Terry the Funk, Funk Jr. Brothers, yes. Oh, oh my Iron God, those guys Sheet. were legends. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, it was oh, it was yeah. insane. And, you know, as a 10-year-old kid, I love that stuff. But, uh, you know, it wasn't what I really wanted to watch on Sci-Fi Channel. So I said, okay, I left it alone for a while. Then I got back down the rabbit hole on ufology. I had seen some stuff on the net and uh, started going back into ufology. I kind of studied it back in the 90s and started – I subscribed to some of the Usenet groups where people were talking about, you know, all conspiracy area 51. Oh yeah. And there was some great stuff on there. There were some people, if you go, go over to Google and go to what, um, I guess they call it Google groups now instead of Usenet. And you do a search on some of those old groups and you go back to the nineties. There were a few people writing in those groups that should have gotten television shows for some of the stuff that they put in there. It was just utterly phantasmagorical. There was a guy writing in there that was talking about how the fact that Gene Roddenberry was inspired by real aliens living under Mount Shasta, that there was a giant Federation base under Mount Shasta. And I'm like, 
where does this guy get this stuff? This is this is the best acid ramblings I have heard in a long time. And uh, but you know that go. could actually that would actually be a really really good storyline for a for a book or a movie if you think about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Look up like, when you. I go would like to do a biopic of Gene Rudenberry and include that into it. Well, and look just up, leave it up to the audience to think if it's real or not. Look up a guy named John Winston. It's J O N Winston. In, in, in uh, Alt Conspiracy Area 51. He's got a little bit of a reputation. He was a bit of a writer. And some of the stuff that he came up with, the Mount Shasta blowhole and these currents that are coming up out of the mountain. I mean, I've never been out there to California. I don't really know a whole lot about it. But it's always been, a, a to me, just uh, kind of a humorous uh, – you know, and this, and I think maybe the guy was serious, but I just, to me, I kind of took it with a smirk. And then that was during the same era when uh, was it late '90s when they released the MJ12 documents, supposedly, and uh, um, they talked about the the aliens giving Eisenhower a three dimensional uh, holographic recreation uh, replay of the crucifixion of Christ. And I said to myself, my God. Somebody has to make a movie with this. This is just too. This this stuff is too rich. Where are they coming up with this stuff? Don't and know so what I, drugs they're on, but we want some. Oh my God! This. I mean, some of this stuff was was amazing. So anyway, so I I, I kind of went down the rabbit hole and some of that for a while. Then I kind of went back to life. And then in the, it's only been the last uh, probably four or five years. I really kind of started getting back into some of the research and stuff on ufology. And I and again compared with what we know and what we don't know, it's all pretty much comes down to speculation and a lot of ghosts there's just a lot of ghosts and uh, there's a lot of shadows a lot of shadow stories and we just don't have the definitive disclosure that we all want you know right. i'm one of those people that wants to believe but i i am very skeptical so that being said is obviously something has been going on there's been a lot of stuff going on and some of it may indeed well may well be uh this, the, the real the real deal. I don't know. So I'm going to let it be. And I said, you know what? I can't speak to that, but I do have a great imagination. So I wanted to start writing. And um, I said, okay, uh, uh, let me just put my pen to uh, be the change I want to see, put my pen to paper, and let's just see what happens. And I began exploring the whole concept of the fact that, as we all know, we all look at the planet Earth as being kind of spent. You know, commercial interests have. Uh, scavenge the planet like a bunch of Jawas, just taking everything, uh, leaving nothing. You know, it's 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 awful what's happening to this planet. We just and we don't have a lot of control. And uh, I said, okay, I I want to I want to start imagining what it would be like if we could go to another planet. Well, now we have these exploratory missions going out there with little robots and whatnot, and that's all interesting. But it's all very uh, um, there's a controlled narrative even with that. We still don't really know a lot of what's really going on. It's, there's not a lot of transparency. We're being fed news bites about, oh, oh cool, they found another star. Oh, cool, they found another uh, black hole in the universe that's devouring other things. And a lot of the stories that I see still aren't substantiated with a lot of good scientific fact. We're just getting fed stories that don't have a lot of depth. It's like they're keeping us on ice, just uh, you know, feed, feed us a little bit of driplets of information here. Uh, you're absolutely right, and I'm sure NASA knows more than they let on. I mean, I'm, I'm positive about that. Well, well don't you feel it's like I think... they're dangling a piece of meat over a pack full of piranhas? Not even that. I think maybe they assume... Good analogy. It might be that, but it also may be that they're assuming that Joe Sixpack doesn't care. So we're going to give him a little easy story that he can go on with a soundbite. Rather than giving those of us who 
do care, would like to know the actual science, would actually know, I'd like to actually understand what technology they're using and how they're getting there. I'd actually like to read that. It might take me, you know, three or four pages, but I kind of sense that maybe there's a directive that says, uh, you know, don't give them too much. Just kind of give them a little bit here and there and keep them all happy and satiated. And uh, so I would my- agree with that. Absolutely, because the the dumbasses are loud. Unfortunately, they are. They're loud. I mean, look at any movie that comes out that makes you think a little bit and the reviews that it gets. You know, oh, yeah, like, we're outnumbered. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They don't want, you know, well, nine times out of ten, they're too busy. They can't even fathom it. It'll explode their brain, and that'll be that. So. Right, so then we go to the other extreme where the only the only science fiction that seems to be pursued right now there's there's is this giant dystopian you know everybody eating out of dumpsters and rubble, you know that's the end of the world and we're all going to try to survive out of that and I think that appeals to people because they want a reset. People want a reset, and uh, they. I'm waiting for the zombie apocalypse. Really, I've been saying it for years, Tom. We need a reboot. Yeah, we all want to reboot, uh-huh. but, and it's kind of like uh, you know. And, and I guess in recent times, I stumbled across a couple sci-fi shows. One is the One Hundred, and the other one was oh, the Expanse. And the of 100. course, the One Hundred goes after the post dystopia into this kind of do- uh, we're going to double down into a double dystopia, and uh, it's an interesting story, very compelling to watch. Um, but you know, again, it assumes that we don't make it. It assumes that uh, we're all going to be crawling up out of the pile of nuclear rubble and try to reset. And, you know, it's really sad because there is an element of society that talks about collective consciousness. We, you know, we all talk about the fad of affirmations, laws of attraction, and what we bring to ourselves is what comes out of our mouths, etc. And so think about an entire planet consciousness that is leaning towards destruction if we can get the planet's consciousness leaning the the global population leaning towards a positive uh affirmation a positive future then we'll have that but i think there's a giant negative affirmation going on right now we have this cancer of ideologies that don't make sense at all okay so now i'll spell it out we have Islam that is a cancerous religion that's 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 making its way into the civilized world, and its very tenets are anti. Well, it's already saturating Europe, to say the yeah. least. Yeah, yeah. So it's it. So I began to think, okay, what would be the opposite of dystopia? Well, the opposite of dystopia is utopia, and we've all been taught. Well, you know, forget about it, Sonny. There's no utopia. Just move along. There's there's no utopia. So we're not even supposed to think in terms of a utopian future or the utopian futures are have always got a flaw in them somehow that whatever utopia you see on the outside, there's some sort of toxic inner thing going on that it's not really utopia. They're all just slaves. They just on some sort of drug. They're all in Soma, you know. So I began to think about, OK, wait a minute. Let's just let's just roll this back. We now have the technology to understand a lot more than we did 30 years ago, 60 years ago, 100 years ago. So why can't we begin to imagine something, quote, imagine greater? Why can't we? So, but we're not. We're imagining dystopia. And so that's my my thing. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to flip that. I'm going to flip this whole thing. I'm going to imagine utopia. And uh, what's that going to be like? How could we get there? Well, we can't. My My opinion is that all of mankind's attempts at right thinking have ultimately added up to a math formula that equals destruction. 
I don't care how you slice it, dice it, and chop it. We are on this road to destruction. It's not about whether Jesus loves you or not. It's not about whether the right wing or left wing. It's not about any of that stuff. It seems like all of it is flawed. And it seems like no matter what we do, there's a smaller percentage of people that want to do the right thing and a larger percentage that want to just go on a grease sled to hell. So <laughs> I said, okay, I like that. We, need, we need help. So in my story, I imagine us getting some help. So I create a new mythology of these people that come to help, and uh, that's what the story's about. That's very interesting. I like that you, you went for the utopia route. I like that because that you're right. There is a, a massive dystopian fiction. So go a little bit in, into the book. Let's, 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 actually, you know what? Let's talk about the collectors because that sounds very menacing, Tom. Well, you know, the collectors are the people that are not really menacing. They're just working in the shadows. And there's a guy walking into a bookstore. There's a guy going into a, a library somewhere. There's a guy going into a, an automotive shop somewhere, and he's buying things, and he's picking up things, and he's paying cash, and he's leaving, and you don't know where he's going. But he's heading back to a warehouse. And from that warehouse, he's taking it off-world to the new planet because their job is to basically – they are collecting things of humanity, the artifacts, the books, the tapes, and some people. So there's this under this um, unknown group of people who are working feverishly to prep the new planet. And so things like these museums that have you know, ancient artifacts, they're buying up those artifacts. They're, they're going around, they're buying collectible automobiles, they're collecting animals, they're collecting uh, biological specimens. Like the seed vault in um, uh, in uh, Iceland, is it Iceland or Greenland? Iceland, I believe. Yeah. So they're doing things like it's it's of that nature. The collectors would be running that thing. That's what they do. And so the book starts off with one of the uh, senior collectors is on a he's got to make a a pickup and he's picking up a young couple who's being drafted in, and he's got to go through a certain protocol to get them in. They've been chosen not by him but by these aliens that are helping us they want these people and he doesn't know why and he doesn't care it's his job to go pick them up and so you'll go through in the book he introduces himself and he brings them into the secret space program and this whole collection uh process and takes them to that planet and then he begins training them to become collectors and uh, so that's that's who they are. That's who the collectors are. So it's they're not evil. They're not like an FBI. In fact, they don't even work with the government. They don't even want the government here to really know much about what they're doing, even though they are known to um, black ops and and. Um, uh, are they like a men in black type of group? No, they're not really interacting with anybody. They're just working quietly behind the scenes, filling up warehouses and shipping stuff off world. That's really their role. Um, they mm. don't really want to be involved. And they don't want to be seen. So they're really kind of a uh, a shadow organization. Uh, and they go go by a generic name like IBM, which is Global Acquisitions. That's their company, and that's mm. what they do. And they fill a warehouse, and the warehouse gets shipped off world. And so these are concepts we're all familiar with, with from television yeah. shows like Star Trek and yeah. and uh, Stargate and things like that. So mm-hmm. it's very much like that. They're they're a, a non uh, a non known entity. But in Stargate, you had a lot of other elements going on, uh, but this is a little different. And um, so we also introduced this alien species that is a million years, million and a half years old from the Andromeda galaxy, 
And what would it be like if humanity was a million and a half years older than we are right now? What would we have evolved to? And so we kind of explore that whole concept. But the idea is that these people are coming back and it's all in it all reinforces the ancient alien theory that somebody was here x number of years ago did a bunch of stuff create did a bunch of dna manipulation messed around with this planet and then left and so in the story these people are back basically apologizing for abandoning us that we are an abandoned species that we've been orphaned that we've been left on our own to come up with our own stuff, reading ancient texts, Bibles, Korans, and ancient Sanskrit, and all kinds of documents that don't have the full picture. And the explanation is that they wanted us to know spiritual concepts before we learned technology, that they wanted us to be rounded out. And what happened was all of those stories and all those religions that they gave us with all the wise words got twisted, distorted, and perverted and corrupted and so now we have all these wacky religions that we that we embrace you know at the barrel of a gun or a saber or a sickle and <laughs> instead of being rounded and i see these people as more of like a zen buddhist kind of a, uh, a a people they're very peaceful they don't want any kind of conflict in fact they don't want to run anything they want to help us but they really don't want to run anything but they know that in the interim they're going to have to run this migration from planet Earth to this other planet. Now, I based that on some research I read a couple of years ago that said right mm-hmm. now we need a planet twice the size to sustain mm-hmm. the existing population. And I said, right. well, we can get you a planet. How about if I get you a planet five times? So we imagine a planet five times the size of Earth, which would almost be like a Jupiter. And these aliens re-terraform the planet. They alter its mass to create Earth-like gravity. They do all kinds of things we can't do. And they prep the planet. It takes about seven, eight hundred years for them to prep a planet. You think about what it takes to move a planet's orbit and do all kinds of things. So these, these people are way ahead of us on everything. All we have to do is show up. And they, what they do is they create the disruptive moment in which mankind leaves an economic-based reality where you've got to show up for work every day to a evolution of the person. If we take away all of your problems, your problem of paying rent and getting your Verizon bill paid by the 14th or you're cut off, all that goes away. No more evictions. No more uh, work ethic based on, on false premises where you're just going to be a cog in the big economic machine. You are taken to this planet. We're going to take care of all your survival issues. Now you have a nice little condo. You have a place to live. And you have all your needs met. Well, how do you meet your needs? These people have a replication technology that allows every man, woman, and child to have everything they need from their own home. So you don't have, you don't have to You don't even have, have to job. leave. Yeah, you don't have to leave your it. home. So think about so think about what that does to government. That's nirvana. What has government? <laughs> what has, nirvana. Right. What has government been throughout the ages? Governments. Well, well, governments besides have, that. But yeah. governments have ex- existed to manage resources and territories. Why would you want that river? Well, we need that river for the cows. All of our ranchers need that river. Well, we need that gold mine over there because we need the minerals. We need this, we need that, and we need it. It's all based on land and resources. So I'm going to take your land and your resources, and I'm going to screw you up in the process, and you better uh, obey me because i got a bigger army than you do. Well, if you don't need any of that stuff, 
if I could tell you that all you need to go do is go to a dishwasher sized unit in your home to create the latest laptop in about you know five seconds, you got the latest laptop. Oh, you want a gold you want a gold necklace? Fine, go make one. You don't need to steal one. You don't even need to buy one. You just have whatever you want. And so society will go through a what I believe will be a kind of a replicator discipline moment, kind of like Tom, people, we're, we're not that far away. We're doing three D printing now. We can do so much of that. Exactly. We're not, we're not too far actually from that. Well, and I and I and I say this all the time. So you'll hear this in other interviews. Three D printing is the primordial soup of replication. Yep. And they're already replicating. Um, Placement organs for people that need transplants. So that yeah, possibility yeah, yeah, is yeah. there. Mm-hmm. So think about when you can go from filaments and specific uh, filaments that they use, you know, different plastics and different elements that they feed through some sort of little, you know, printer like head. But instead of the printer head being full of a filament, that it's using a molecular, uh, a molecular spray, if you will, and it's able to, um, ta da, here's your chicken soup. Thank you, Mr. Kyle. You know, um, so this thing can can create from energy. So the biggest problem you have is creating energy, massive amounts of electricity. Well, my assumption is made that the people that are a million and a half years farther ahead of us have figured out a lot of energy issues. So that's not going to be a problem. And um, so when you have replication, you have freedom from economics. It ruins economics. All the oligarchs and all the rich people on the planet no longer have an edge over the lowest person on the planet, as it were. There's no poverty. There's no need for poverty. You can get water in the desert if you need it. Just bring your replicator along. So that's going to change society massively. That's the 300-year gap that you don't hear about in the Star Trek uh, franchise when mankind mm-hmm. went from economic well, – how did they go to a – how does how is it that Picard and his buddies are running around with no money? Because they have replication. They just – they create Halloween – Costumes at will. They they make whatever they need at will. So we're gonna. That's what's happening in this in this novel, but it's happening in the now instead of 300 years from now because we're really accelerating. But if we have help and we have people from another galaxy who are way ahead of us in all of this, who are really our fathers, as it were, who are helping us, then we make this immediate jump. So I I take us on an immediate jump in this story into this world and. Uh, I like that. I feel like in that type of environment, the creative people will really thrive. That's the one thing you can't replicate. I like right. that. Yeah. Right. Well, creativity, yeah, and people can pursue their own desires and wants you know, mm-hmm. to achieve what they mm-hmm. think is their maximum potential. Exactly. So now you're thinking about going back to school, and, and then you think about another element of this entire exercise is that these people have life extension technologies beyond what we have right now. In fact, a lot of what we have right now is happening in a little tiny sphere as far as life extension technologies available. Only a very few. It's all experimental. It's starting to become – in fact, I read an article about a some sort of pill that's supposed to reverse aging and that kind of thing. So these people are way beyond us on all of that. And now imagine living, living, to, the, living to 300 years or 400 years. So your worries about what you're doing at 60 or 70, it's like, wow, you mean I could – you know what? I've been thinking about going back to school. Go ahead. Go for eight years. You're 70. You're 78. You'll get out. You'll be a great lawyer. You know? You'll be a spring chicken at 70. You'll be a spring chicken. You're just getting started. <laughs> yeah. And so some of the characters in this book are those people. Uh, one of the characters uh, flew bombers in World War II, and he's been in the program for the last 60 years, and he looks like he's 30. So I think that that can happen. I think that – that will happen in the future. 
Um, and it may come from other people's help or we may figure it out on our own, but I think that's what's going to happen. We're going to live a lot longer. Um, if we can get away from a lot of the toxic systems that seem to short circuit the good stuff. Does that make sense? That'd be the problem right there though, Tom. That's the main problem. Mankind is so volatile. Can we make that leap? You know what I mean? And, and look, the book touches on a, a lot of topics, a lot of points from what I'm hearing of that I actually I agree with could be our future. And, and it's funny that you wrote this book because a lot of these things I've thought of what if, you know, we as, as a species could get there. This is really uh, what a type one or two civilization would be, according to Michio Kaku. And uh, we're at type zero at this current, right. current yeah, moment. Right, yeah, we're, uh-huh. we're not, we're barely even. Yeah, uh, we're, we're, barely scratching, even, we're right. scratching our way to type one We're minus zero. We just figured well, yeah, out how to make there. light bulbs. I mean, compared to these people, and you know, exactly. those people have to be out there. I mean, yeah. that was that was something that was in that movie, the, the Thrive movie. They said, "Imagine what was it? Here we are at four and a half billion years old. Imagine mm-hmm. a planet that's just a few hundred million years older." And um, but here's the, the crazy thing, Tom. You know, mankind. We we know our history is you know very short. What we know our written history, but there's good signs that there's been human beings on this planet for possibly millions of years. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. how, how many times have our society, you know, done this flip where we've become extinct because of our own stupidity? And it may be that this planet, in reality, now in my book, we don't really go there, but in, but in reality, you, you're probably, you, that's kind of sad because if you think about it, if we've been rebooted numerous times, uh-huh. um, according to that guy, uh, Corey, was it Cor- the, the guy that was in the secret space program, Michael Sala talks about, he's the one that's been talking about uh, the Blue Avians. And the spheres, okay. the sphere being alliance. According to what I was reading, what he was saying, if any of it's true, I don't know, but it's fan- more fantastic sci-fi. But uh, his his reports are that the people who live in the inner Earth, which is wow, more great sci-fi. Oh yeah, I'm uh, very yeah, familiar with the yeah. Inner Earth. Okay, so now we got the whole inner Earth thing going on, right? <laughs> yeah. And those people are the pure humanity, and we are right. the garbage on the surface that has been genetically uh, screwed with for millennia. We're just right, the, right, we're just right. the garbage on the surface, and um, so, uh, so what if we survive? That. That's that bullshit. <laughs> that's, 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 well, that's, 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 that's all. Yeah, but the turtle No, but no, but look, that's also that's also yep, uh, the, the concept. That's the concept for the uh, time machine uh, by Jules Ferns. I mean, that's basically the same concept of the people that live in the Earth with the people that live on the surface. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's all, the, all these inner Earth theories are amazing, yeah. and now they're finding out that you know what we've only gone down eight miles really. <laughs> it got a little warm, so we gave up, and, yeah. and you know, so who knows? I mean, it'd be fascinating to find out that that's where all these USOs have been going when they go in mm-hmm. the ocean. They're going down to some portal and they go in the inner Earth, and they're laughing at us because they've had all that technology that we think is extraterrestrial is really terrestrial, and it's well, been a, lot here of for folks, a long time. A lot of people believe, though, Tom, that uh, the Garden of Eden was in. The, you know, in the Earth itself, and it was in maybe not the hollow Earth, but in a pocket within the Earth uh, that we were kicked out of, and we were destined to live on the surface because of you know Eve and bad the reading of the apple. right, the whole mythology, bad right? Bad Eve, yeah, bad Eve. <laughs> It's, it's all always, women's fault. It's always a woman. Yeah, yeah, it's always a woman. Don't so should have been named evil. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I, I, I listen to all these stories, but you know, until somebody takes me on a ride, shows me the inner world, or there's photos, movies, documentaries, and all that stuff, and expeditions, and openness, and disclosure, and all that happy stuff, till any of that stuff happens, it's no less uh, interesting 
it's curious, uh, but uh, who's to say? You know, until we really find yeah. out. You know, I just and I don't know. It may not happen in my life or any or any of ours. We may, we may go on another sixty years wondering. You know. Here's a question for you. What do you think is more plausible, the inner earth, hollow earth theory, or the flat earth society? I can't buy into the flat earth. That's just to me. I just, I'm sorry, guys. You really. You no, know, it is 2016. Up, it's you 2016. The fact some that they point. have us talking about it is even more awful. I mean, I know. But so many so people have been talking about it in the last few months. It's crazy. Oh, my God. I keep seeing it on my Twitter feed, hashtag flat earth, and I'm just like, where the fuck did y'all come from? Like, like Tequila Tequila, look, I don't, I don't like to talk about porn stars on, on the air, but Tequila Tequila, who's pretty famous, went on a, on a rant on Twitter about the flat earth, and I'm like, first of all, you're not the brightest person on the planet, Tequila Hey, Tequila. though, I feel like her Twitter, but, I, she's trolling people on her Twitter, I swear to God. No, she's, she's dead serious about that. About that. She's dead serious. <laughs> well, you know, this all points up the uh, the dumbing down of the planet. You know, the, the, that people can say anything as loud as they want. And even when you, when presented with evidence, they will stand by their lie. I mean, look at Donald Trump. I mean, this guy's been caught on tape. He doesn't care. He does not give a shit. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. But you said on on or about, you said this, that, and the other. Didn't happen. I got tape right here. (laughs) Didn't happen. Never said it. You made it up. Sorry. And but you know what, though? This it's working. Awesome. It's working, though. We're winning. We're winning. We're oh, winning. God. If there are enlightened people in the hollow earth or just even wherever you are, you're out there, can you not pick the pockets of us up that are not, you know, assholes and are right. trying? Exactly. You know, Please. It'll be a very small boat. I tell people all the time, I said, look, I'm looking for a ride. If you've got aliens that you can get a hold of, give me a ride to an organic planet that's clean and I can live there and you got other humans, fine, I don't care, but I just got to get off of this one. This one is ruined. Yeah, are you an IT? The planet that you go to where the other humans are, you're going to be in the zoo, like, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the endangered species zoo on <laughs> the other planet. The test is, like, what is the test? <laughs> you know, if we're yeah, supposed to. Yeah, but at least you'll get fed good and the food will be organic and they won't. So, you know, hey. I tell you what, just think about it. If the, if we had a massive disclosure by, by, a, by a friendly, benevolent race, everybody would immediately be suspect because everybody's been programmed to be suspect. Right. Yep. It's true. But if they can show us a better way and they can take us to the next level, I think it will take that to change things. I think it will take massive disclosure to cause enough disruption to save us. That's what I think. I, th- I don't think we can do uh, eyedropper fulls of UFOlogy for the next 60 years and expect anybody uh, to change. Nothing will change. Even you know, though, you know, it'd really be terrible though, Tom. If a bunch of aliens land here in this very sophisticated UFO, and when they come out, they sound like a bunch of hillbillies, and they're like, "Hey, how y'all doing?" <laughs> At least they're trying to communicate. But see, that's even. But see, now you point. Yeah, out, what if they come down in a spaceship with a, with a Harley Davidson sign on it? You know, I mean, that'd well, be great. I'm that'd be great. No, but or even worse, the you know the spaceship opens and like forty foot Native American looking aliens walk out, and uh, like, they're what like, "What did you do to my planet?" They're like, hey, uh, sorry, America, but we're back to claim our land. Oh, damn. Uh, well, what you going yeah. to Okay. Not, <laughs> it was a good ride, right, America? It was a good ride. Was, you know? or, <laughs> or, as That's many right. have speculated, they're just waiting for us to just blow the whole thing up, come down. They'll come down, terraform the whole thing. They'll, they'll start a massive Genesis project like you saw in Star Trek, wipe the whole thing clean and re-terraform it and use it for their own habitation or whatever they want to do. You know, waiting for us to just get 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 done, and maybe they can outlive us. They can outweigh us. So they're just watching for them. It's just a giant sociological experiment. And don't even go down there. Do not go down there. 
are you shitting me? You're going to go down there? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you're kidding me. Yeah, we're going to go down. We, there's a little place we got. Are you sure you're not going to be seen? Yes. Okay, because those people are dangerous. They're very dangerous down there. <laughs> Especially, especially in Miami. Exactly, dude. They don't even go to Overtown. I heard about them mole people. That's right. Yes. That's right. Tom, look, you know, in, in a little, in the little bit of homework that I've done uh, on you here, I've been looking at your bio, and I noticed that you're a fan of the X Files. Um, and you know, the, did you see the uh, the new season that just aired? Yes. The only episode I, <laughs> the only episode I liked was the first one, and there was another one. I think uh, there was only one or two episodes I've seen that I thought were worthwhile. The rest kind of got off on some wackadoodle stuff. You didn't, you didn't like the one with the the crazy alien guy in the woods? He was like a really I nice alien. I love that alien. one. The, the, that was so funny. The lizard man. That was funny, man. The iguana. Ah, oh, I love that episode. No, but that that first episode, the way they they showcased the entire UFO phenomenon as a government conspiracy uh, to fool the masses, with Roswell being a factual incident, uh, you know, to me they kind of I think hit it on the head. I think they're pretty accurate uh, with what might they recited be the, the scriptures. Fact. Yeah, on, on definitely. Genesis was Roswell was Genesis, and they recited the scriptures. You know, in 1947, the following happened. So for the uninitiated, right. we gave you the complete ufology tour in that episode, which I thought was awesome. Was and great, yeah. they just encapsulated the whole thing by itself. That first episode to me was awesome because they, they, you know how it is. They, they gave it the full Hollywood uh, uh, deal. You know, Takeover, it was great. Yeah. And so I was always, a, for me, X-Files was, was never complete and was always, it was never right when they were doing stuff that was not ufology. I want to stay with the aliens, stay with the 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 cloning and the, all the weird stuff that I would have never thought of that they brought up. You think, where'd they come up with that one with this train car in the desert buried full of clones and just the way they presented yeah. it, just all kind of like, wow, that's cool. So for me, I was always – I had the same poster in my head. I want to believe. Keep going. Don't – don't get off on werewolves and paranormal, please. I, I don't. I don't want to know about paranormal. I don't care about paranormal. I'm tired of watching guys with night vision goggles and and um, uh, and furniture movies. I don't care about this. It doesn't interest me. I'm sorry. I'm just. It doesn't get me. I want to know about the aliens. I want to know about what you know about the aliens. I want you to show me the aliens. Give me some aliens. I want to know about these people from other places. So that for me was what X Files was supposed to be. But mm-hmm. you know they deviated on a lot of their episodes. But oh, I, I gotta agree. Even the second movie that came out was completely ruined by that fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there's this core of us out there that we want to know the truth, and we're frustrated as hell because we can't get to it, and it's mm-hmm. blocked from us. We have no control. So there's so much of our lives we have no control over. Well, yeah. well you need to vote. Be the change you want to be, blah, blah, blah. As if voting mattered. As if voting mattered. Okay, when we have superdelegates and delegates making decisions, oh, if you God. want your vote to matter, be a delegate. That's yeah. where the real. That's where the real that's, power is. That's so yeah. ridiculous. I swear to God, if one more person tells me to vote, I might punch them in the throat. <laughs> my <laughs> little. I'm I, a very woo-woo person. I'm just not feeling woo-woo tonight. But I might legitimately punch them in the throat for being ignorant because I'm really tired of it. <laughs> I'm really tired of hearing it. <laughs> okay, here's what it comes down to: we are constantly being barraged with an insult, insult to our intelligence daily, and it wears on you. Yep. Kind of the, and when you don't buy it, you've got the ignorant person in the room screaming at you because they just spent an hour watching Fox News and now they're fucking informed. Like right. Yeah. And they want you to go along to get along. So I'm supposed okay. to buy into – now you want to buy into that. 
That's okay. right. Every four years, you're going to pick the same person, and all of a sudden, he's going to solve your problems. And now you're wondering why we're on the how many presidents, and we're still doing the same shit. And, but it's, yeah, not even, and it's not even the presidents. And, the, and this is the big the, – another big fa- facade is this idea that one guy is going to either make or break the whole process. And it has nothing to do with this one guy. I mean he's got power, yes. And he's got a mouth, and he's got a position, and he never has to drive again. He's always got a driver. But that one guy <laughs> – is not the guy that's going to screw up the country. It's those 535 other individuals who have occupied space in Congress. Those are the ones that are messing up our lives daily. Those are the ones who are not representing us. We don't have representative government. We have these people and career politicians who are out after re-election. They're after a paycheck. They don't give yep. a rat's behind about us. So right. we have no representation. And... Uh, well, yeah, I do. Oh, there's one guy And, and, and there. The, no. unfortunately, that one guy that thinks he has power because he's the president uh, is always the cousin of the last guy and or third cousin of the last guy. And they're all I mean, calling really. bones or Freemasons. They all, they all go to Harvard. They all go to Yale. Yeah. Yeah, it's the very exclusive little stuff. club. Bro, I, they all went, you know. I, I hear I, all this I, stuff. It's a good old boys club, but I just, it is. but it I just, is. I can't blame it on one guy. I didn't like George Bush. Didn't vote for him. I didn't. I haven't voted for the last time I voted. I made the mistake of allowing some <laughs> friends of mine to say, "Come on, get in the process. Come <laughs> on." I haven't voted in twenty years. Come on. So I voted for Obama. I can't get a refund. I can't go back to the DMV <laughs> and say I was a mistake. So, but I didn't vote for him the second time. Fool me once, okay? I didn't go back for seconds. I, I made that mistake twice. We all there's, Well, that's why he's in office. I never so. voted myself. Okay. I did. So no. I was like, "What the hell? If the, if the, uh, the Earth is going to burn, I want to be at the very top of the burning stick. I'm yeah, let burn it, with it. I want to be at ground. Let zero. it burn around me, baby. Come let on, let's ground, all go down with the ship. Ground zero. I don't want to linger. I don't want to linger with radiation. <laughs> Put me right there, ground zero. Yeah. I tell you, I wish people would spend as much time on elections and arguing about elections. Just stop and just work on just fixing shit because half the stuff that we yeah. argue about you could literally fix in your community like correct like, well the, the problem, problem, is, the problem is, well the problem is look at the, the people that are running though crystal i mean look you have donald trump who is clearly you know a wacko uh you have ted cruz who's a liar and an idiot uh you have hillary clinton who's a disaster uh you have bernie sanders god bless his soul that he's gonna He's going to kick any minute. I mean, the guy's old and he doesn't look like he's that healthy. <laughs> so let's be honest. He might, he might be president. For, he might be president for like two months before he passes. Let's be let's be realistic. Well, okay. Here's the thing: we're being we're being told that voting matters and that all this we need to get, get involved. You yeah. know, and I just keep replaying the George Carlin piece. Just just look up why George Carlin doesn't vote. Just type that into I Google. Loved it. And that's I loved one it. of his best pieces. And mm-hmm. um, you guys are all going to have a nice little election here in a few months. And uh, I just love the way he does that whole delivery. It's great. And uh, I'll be staying at home. Greatest comedian ever, by the way. That's true. He's, he's true. A, you know, but I, I tell you, it's it, the thing is, is we're, we're, we, we need a geneocracy. We don't need a democracy. We need a geneocracy. We need smart people running things. We're now at a place where it's no longer a Wild West environment where you have an agrarian economy and nobody really knows what's going on in the heavens and we're all just bumbling along trying to settle the planet. Well, those days are gone. And now we need a geneocracy. We need smart people running things, not just some guy that says, you know what, I think I'm going to run for office in my town. Well, here's the problem with that, though, Tom. Uh, 
America is last in education in uh, most polls. Uh, we're we're almost dead last. Uh, we're we're doing terribly when it comes to the educational system in this country. We spend more money in the military complex than we do in education. Our roads are a disaster. Now, Our politicians the, are all crooked and corrupt. Educational system out of any. Any Out of country, any, any country that is so, and, and here's and here's and the thing: we're bre- hold on, and we're, we're we're breeding stupid people, but we're also number one in arrogance. So we're breeding stupid, arrogant people, yeah, which is even very, worse. With fucking nukes. Yes. And this is the problem: is when you when you go on the, your your web browser and you stumble across one of these situations, you go, "How is it that these stupid people can be doing what they're doing?" You you read something just utterly ridiculous, and you go, "How did that? How did that happen?" Why did this judge do this or that? Why did how did they do that? This town is doing what to people? Or you read these stories of just it's no longer a one-off. It's more than one, and now it's everywhere. It's all these idiotic things that utterly insult your intelligence. You're, you're like, how is this happening? How is it that I'm being outnumbered by stupid people? How is that happening? And you're right. It's the educational system. I mean, it's oh, we're horrible. You go to other countries, and it is mandatory. For those in other countries in, the, well, in Europe to be able to speak multiple languages. Now, I understand right. well, we're, because they're pressed being, up against other countries. And but we're still. not even learning the right things either because I, I mean, we've all been in the public school system. And how many of us, especially on this call, can say that you learn the most once you got out of school? Right. And Unless you apply yourself. We're not being research. taught how to we're not being taught how to learn. We're being our, our kids are being pumped full of stuff, but they're not being taught how to learn uh-huh. more on their own. Uh, and uh, self-education. You know, all, 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 all the school look. All school does is it shows kids that you know in the future you're going to have to work, and work is going to be a lot like school. You go to this place, you hang out with people, and you do some stuff. You get exactly it's a conditioning process. Mm-hmm. You get to go to lunch for about an hour, then you have to go back to work. This is going to be your life. Right. Learn it since you're a child. Get conditioned for it. That's what school is. It just conditions you to work in the future and, and to drop be a part off of the all system. that daydreaming. Forget about all those dreams. Exactly. Okay, you need to get real because you're going to need to get a paycheck. Because if you don't have a paycheck, you have nowhere to go. Correct. And if you have nowhere to go, now you're for real. Homeschool your kids, y'all. That's it. Start looking at free schools. I got some books y'all need to teach these little people how to read. <laughs> serious? No, I'm serious. I can recommend one course for kids that I love and is Hooked on Phonics. I happened to go to uh, spend part of my grade school in uh, a little town in Mexico. And the grade school I was in, they had a phonics section. And I remember we had moved from Missouri down to New Mexico and we got in this school. And the school we had come from didn't teach it. But we got into this school in New Mexico and this teacher, every day for half an hour, she had these little weird slide rules that had all sorts of grammatical rules on them. And, um, and she made people go through repetition. And I felt like a, I felt like I was on another planet. She said, get your, get your phonics rulers out. And we're like, okay. I didn't even know what that was. And I'm like the new kid in class. And the other kids are pulling out their phonics rulers. And it was like a little slide ruler. You'd slide down to the next rule or whatever it was. And it was the difference between, and it was like, uh, you know, it was kind of like A goes, ah, ah, ah. There was a repetition that she took these, took all of us through every day in phonics. And if you can teach kids phonics, they can unravel the English language forever. There's nothing you, you can't. You, Tom, were truly hooked on phonics. 
Well, I I love it. I mean, it actually. But yeah. my parents, my dad was a, was a reader. I love it. So, that, so there was a lot of vocabulary and reading in my sure. family. So that kind of instilled a lot of the writing and uh, reading and writing. And I used to read a, a lot growing up. Or read a lot of Tom Swift and adventure books growing up, which just really kind of shows how old I am. But um, there's a lot of reading going on in my childhood. Um, yeah. That actually led me into the Navy and and and. Uh, but you know, with the internet and everything else, I haven't been as much of a reader. Uh, of novels or fictional stuff. So this was a whole new genre for me to actually write something fictional, uh, science fictional. And, uh, wow. So let me ask you a question about, about the, uh, the book, Tom. How did, you dis- how did you make it interesting, I guess, you know, a, a challenge for a writer? You know, how did you – is it, you know, because if it's a whole book just about, you know, you know – I could hear it. The bizarre thing is I could hear it in my head. I could hear them talking in my head, and you'll hear writers talk about this. I could literally hear the conversations between well. the characters, and I could actually hear the pacing. I could hear the fact the story arc is not going fast enough, and we need to move to the next thing here now. We need to, okay, drop this. And after through some proofreading and wrapping around and refining, uh, I, I actually found a couple typos in my book the other day. I'm like, oh, my God, I missed that. But it doesn't matter. I, I, I just wanted to get it in the can. It was a challenge to me to keep it interesting and to keep it moving forward, keep the pacing good. I didn't want to lose uh, movement. Movement's important to me. And uh, so I've seen some stories. In fact, I watched a story the other day. Uh, it was a movie that's out right now. It's called uh, um, Alienized or – it's a two-and-a-half-hour long of this uh, movie, this couple arguing over the guy's abduction experience. They never show the aliens. They never talk. There's no sci-fi. It's just these people arguing and their marriage breaking up. I'm thinking, God, you spent two hours. You produced a movie two hours long of people arguing. I probably could have whittled this movie down to about ten minutes and then added <laughs> – serious. Um, what was it called? It was It's alien something or other. Alienized or uh, – I actually, I'll, I'll find that in a second because my buddy uh, told me about that same movie the other day, and it was trained. So he sent it to me on a link here, and I'm going back and looking. If you, it'll be over there on uh, one of the torrent sites. But yeah, it's just, yeah, I almost don't want to see it now after you describe it. I tell you what, it's <laughs> I kept waiting for it to get better, and it's like what I call I call it I call it I kept. Oh, so you had you had the Titanic effect where you, were, you expected it to be good at some point, and it never never materialized. No, it's it's Trainwreck TV. Alienated, <laughs> alienated. That's it. Alienated. Yeah. yeah. You want to watch? A, you want to watch a, uh, uh, some twenty-somethings argue for an hour and a half? Um, go ahead. That'll that'll keep uh-huh. you busy for an hour and a half of watching this young couple argue and watch their relationship disintegrate. And all it is is them. And then there's a guy that died. Is the one lead actor? He he died, and they have a memoriam at the Spoiler end of the credits. And I'm like, <laughs> that's it. And you, you just spoiled know. the only thing that happens in the movie. You know that, right? Yeah. Like, well, you don't know it. if he's an alien or not. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> the one thing that happens, you ruined it for everybody. It's nice. It's it's so bad. You're going to want to see just how bad it is. Let me put it that way. It's just bad, and and, and now it's so bad, you're going to download it and go, okay, I got to see this mess. And and I guess the challenge would be almost like a drinking game. How many minutes in did you go? How many minutes in can you last before you pull the plug on it? <laughs> I'm excited. It's amazing yeah. some of these movies that get made though. Like uh, there's one about Area 51. Have you seen this one, Tom? Ah, uh, maybe. The it, movie it's about actually, Area 51. That yeah, it's actually it down there a little bit. It, well, on, it, it's actually kind of interesting. It's done like with found footage type of thing. I was, I was about, going it, to watch that and I fell asleep. How was it? It's not too bad. The beginning is a little bit slow. It's a little bit stupid. Oh, yeah, they, is this the one? Is this the one uh, where these guys are out riding their? Uh, 
ATVs or something out in the desert. Yeah, 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 and they actually get these suits set up so they're like uh, not not detected by the uh, folks at Area Fifty One, and they sneak into the base. Once they actually get into the base and they start sneaking into the base and they go underground and stuff, it gets really, really creepy and interesting. Like, I'll have to take a look at that. One. I don't know if I saw that one. There was another one that came out that um, these guys are out in the desert and they find. I don't know. It wasn't. It was okay. It was. I would call uh, it was a C or a B. Um, interestingness. But yeah, I don't know if I saw that one or not. Some of these are so bad, and you ask yourself, how is it that this thing got produced? Yeah. <laughs> it's really, um, and, I'm, and I've come to the conclusion what a that watch. They're, they're either write-offs or they're tax shelters or they're, um, uh, they just needed content. So they didn't care how bad it was. It's just like, okay, you got a script for me yet? You got that done yet? Here's your shooting schedule. You'll be done in 60 days. Okay, get it out. Get it going. Mm-hmm. You know, one movie that that, that I saw um, last year that really, really surprised me, and I don't know if, you, if any of you seen it, but it was called The Signal. It's with, I don't know. I'll have to look uh, that oh, one up. Oh, I, I have that downloaded. I, I've I seen, seen that. That's what Nicolas with, Cage, right? No, 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 no. It's uh, Lawrence Fishburne is in the movie. Lawrence and, Fish, uh, right, right. It's a, yeah, it's a bunch of kids who uh, they, uh, they're on a trip and something happens. I don't want to ruin it too much. Uh, but they get no, caught up in, in, this, uh, in this hospital and Lawrence Fishburne that's is trying right. to talk that's to them. That's right. That's the one you – okay, the signal. All right. That's the one that's – Very, done. very good There was movie. another one. It, watch it. Excellent. There was, an, there was another one where these people are camping. And I don't know if it's based on a real incident or not or supposed really real incident. But these people all got it, uh, abducted and uh, then they – uh, it was all started with a camp campground of some kind. It was interesting, but uh, ultimately uh, degenerated into a B movie. But it sounds like every Friday the Thirteenth movie. Yeah, it really was. It really was. Yeah, it's just I'm, I've been very disappointed. I would rather watch old Twilight Zone stuff that I knew they didn't have the sets, they didn't have the technology, they didn't have the special effects, but the premises behind their stories. I mean, who can forget the phrase? It's a cookbook. That's one of their most famous episodes where the Canamids come from yeah, this other galaxy that, to help us. A, to serve man. To serve one. man. Yep. I love that. Well, episode. that was when they had to put all that effort into the story because they didn't have other things. Now exactly. they just throw some CGI at everybody would be like, oh, my God, that's so amazing. So, so now we've gone from – was it? I came up with this phrase the other day. We have, we have shitty stories with fantastic special effects – but back then they had fantastic, fantastic stories and shitty special effects. Yeah. So it's a complete flip now. So they're and it's like uh, I was telling somebody the other day. You have Stan, uh, was it? Uh, is it Winston? Stan no, Winston? no, no, no. Stan, the guy that created all the comic book characters. Oh, Stan Lee. Stan, Stan Lee. Lee. Yeah, he's yeah. the one that said, "I won't let I won't let you people do anything with my stories until you get the science, the technology up to speed." And now there isn't a complete, there isn't a comic book character that they can't do. The problem yep. is, is they don't have any stories. The stories are awful. Other than uh, I liked Ant Man. Ant Man was pretty good. That wasn't too Deadpool. bad. Deadpool. No, I think Deadpool. Marvel is winning at life right now. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. The Captain I, America I, I, really is. I yeah, have to say, uh, I love the Captain America. Oh, uh, Winter Soldier was amazing, and, and Civil and War looks like so. Oh, it's really the, good. Today yeah. is the yeah. sixth, folks. One more month till. Civil you know, War. Civil let's War. talk yeah. about the shows that are on Netflix right now. Jessica Jones, Daredevil, oh, Marvel Dare- is winning at life. Hey, listen, oh, yeah. listen, listen. Daredevil is probably the greatest comic book series ever. Hmm. 
That show is incredible. It's Look, so I, and, and, and it's funny because I read a lot of Daredevil comics as a kid. Well, you know, in Hollywood, so it's going I know the for character. every range now. They I mean, they're hitting all ranges of sci-fi. Yeah. They've got the teen stuff, which is the stuff mm-hmm. you see on CW, like Arrow. That's really I, I was really hard about that. So I said, okay, what is this about? And now <laughs> they've they've got a guy with a bow and arrow as a superhero. And I'm thinking, how did you do that in today's modern age? And the, evidently they're cleaning well, up. Well, the, the character has been around. Yeah, but the character has been around for decades. I mean, the, the oh, arrow has yeah. been around for many, many, many years. He's been part of the super friends and uh, justice league. And, you know, he, yeah, I was never been that in that universe. So, but I found it fascinating that they're actually being successful with it, but it's really kind of a glam superhuman thing where it's just nothing mm-hmm. but pretty people to look at. So it's kind of like, well, okay. it is a CW though, Tommy. I think but, the 100 uh, is probably the deepest show on the CW. That is actually yeah. a really good show. Flash is actually not a bad comic book show. I like the flash. That's I, actually a really I enjoyed the, the 100, but I, but it's like anything. I mean, I missed when, uh, I wish that they bring back Stargate Universe. That, or, uh, that to me was SGU. That was awesome. Oh, that it to was me, basically Voyager in the Stargate Universe. Come on, really? Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. Well, I missed All we needed was Janeway and Chakotay, and we're good. And we're good to go. Uh, yeah. yeah. Battlestar yeah, Galactica. Miss Tweet. Battlestar Galactica. Now, Battlestar Galactica. The newer one was was great, and uh, there was they introduced some concepts into that thing too that were uh, were great. Um, you know, the whole idea of this alien that's messing with this guy's head to the point where he doesn't know whether he's looking at something real or in his head or not that was that was just fascinating to me i was just like wow that's great you know that uh, the guy that uh, became the evil he was slipping and flopping between evil and you know he was working with the cylons and all that 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 to me was just great they were really exploring the the depth of the characters and so that made it interesting now this stuff that's out now is just awful I mean, you had people. You had people on Battle Star Galactica, the second in command. You didn't know he was a Cylon till the end of it, and he's a drinking fool. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Sorry, guys. <laughs> that's been out. It's been gone ten years, hasn't it? Tom, hasn't been the hell out of everything tonight. Just spoil yeah, it. Yeah, well, I'm the spoiler. That's my job to be the spoiler. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but no, I mean, you can download the whole thing and watch it from start to finish i mean I, it's kind of yeah. like I, sometimes i like to go back and review some of those and just look at the dialogue and look at the character development that was the thing that made even cheesy the cheesy first generation star trek made it interesting as they took a, a lot of the same care that uh some of it was stupid there was obviously some stupid episodes mixed in with all of them but um you know, Star Trek, the first one, they started talking about some of the heavier concepts that nobody did. If you go back and look at first the first version, the first Star Trek, they have an episode called Space Seed in which they go down to this planet. They have to go – they're summoned, uh, to, summoned to a planet, and they have to go down, I don't know, 100 miles below the surface to this chamber where these aliens live who are in these containers who are who used to be our progenitors. I just found that out the other day. I was digging through these old Star Trek episodes ago. What's this about? I don't believe and that was called Space Seed. Which one was it? Space I didn't know. I didn't think that Khan. was Space Seed either. I thought the Space Seed was the one they went down and it was the poppy seed things that 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 blew in their face and turned them all happy. Yeah, no, was this was one. This <laughs> I think it was Spacey. They, they, they actually, oh, that giant, Gene Woodenberry was a hell of a knucklehead. <laughs> you know, he was, but, but he was broaching concepts, and he was broaching um, thinking, getting your thinking going about something different than where we're at right now uh, that uh, we're not seeing in modern sci-fi right now. 
you know, so this this is the thing that's missing in science fiction is the thinking man sci-fi. Yeah, but what, like you said earlier, I mean, everybody's relying on uh, the CGI. Oh, as long as we have really nice CGI and special effects, that's it. We're good. You look at the production budgets. You go over to Box Office Mojo and look at the production budgets. I'm there all the time, buddy. All the time. <laughs> and you look at <laughs> what you is. Know, it's back to education because when they make what you think is a cerebral mm-hmm. movie, it gets horrible reviews. And, I, I, and I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I'm just going to say it that I thought Sucker Punch was awesome. You're the only I person think, on earth that thought that I movie was awesome. I probably am. <laughs> I thought that was it. That's one of the worst movies in the history oh, of cinema. That movie is great. You are crazy. That's a, I'll have to look it you're up. Entitled to, you're entitled to your opinion. Just know that you're wrong. What's it? Is Sucker Punch? Visually awesome. It is visually incredible. That, but that's that's it's Hack Snyder's uh, that's what he does. Oh, his movies are visually incredible, but Ooh. with no depth. When did this come out? Sucker Punch? What when did that come out? Twenty eleven, twenty twelve, Oh really? Okay, I've been yeah. under a rock. I didn't know. Yeah, I no it, it, you know, funny as it is, I was just watching the samurai fight scene from mm. it the other It's a great scene. I'll have to yeah. I'll have to pull that down and see what it's about. Um yeah, but uh, yeah, the character development is everything. I think. In, in, mm-hmm. in, uh, uh, I had a few people review my book who are not sci-fi uh, people, and they loved the book. They said this is a really fast read. I think if you're a fast reader, take a couple days to go through it. I have a, uh, I have a sequel and I have a prequel that I want to put together that are in process. That, uh, but uh, life no, I, right now is life is interrupt us, and uh, so yeah. I have to get that get those done. But. Uh, are you looking to maybe you know springboard this into uh, maybe a feature film or a series? Much of films? so, yes, absolutely. To me, there is a movie in my head. I can see it, and I can see the epic potential of the whole story, mm. and um, that's the whole idea. And I had somebody lined up as a screenplay, but I didn't have the budget for it. They got all excited about it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! And then I was going to have to front the money to to do that. And you're looking at uh, <laughs> probably close to twenty or thirty thousand dollars to get it done by this individual who does who has motion picture credits this is somebody in the industry that came to me and said that we'd like to do this and i said well they said we well you're gonna have to come over the budget i said okay until we get a backer you know thank you very much i appreciate you uh, offering but uh, i can't do anything right now so uh, i am uh, six years tom into trying to get my books into a tv so i i feel you it's uh it's a process yeah, and I think right now the whole thing awesome. is self-publishing books. You know, a couple of years ago, so be a self-published author, be a self-published author. That was the gold mine, and I think that that whole thing now, until something changes, your chances of getting really making a book a success without backing, without promotion, uh, it's like the music business. You know, you can be an awesome musician, but without a couple million dollars to do the promotion, you're just another musician that's really good. I lived in Nashville for five years, and so I got up close with a bunch of musicians. I learned what it's really like to be a struggling artist. I, I have several friends there in Nashville who are uh, struggling through that process, you know, and they're working day jobs trying to make something happen. And I know a few people that aren't working day jobs. They're session session musicians doing reasonably well, but it's still a struggle for them. They've got to constantly look for gigs, and they're always looking for projects, and um, – Many of them will never be known by the public. Um, you know, I have to disagree with you there, Tom, because I think self-publishing is doing an amazing thing to the industry. 
I really do, because it's getting rid of those gatekeepers. It's getting rid of that person who's never going to read your book because he's on, you know, it's on a desk and he doesn't think it's good enough and that sort of thing. And it's putting, it's giving you the opportunity to put your creative works directly in front of readers. Yeah, but it, with a lot less marketing, it's going to have a lot less reach. But you don't get that marketing, but see, that's a common misconception. You don't get that type of marketing from traditional publishers anyway. They're giving all that to Stephen King. Even if they were to pick you up, they're not that dumping bastard. a million dollars into your book. It's just, well, here's the problem. Okay, you're, you're pointing up a, a big problem. Both of you pointing up a huge problem is promotion. Is another area that's lacking in this country because most big companies with capital investments in film, for example, the latest Star Wars movie was almost a clone of the first one. Um, let me oh, see. Careful now, Tom. Careful now, Tom. You have a droid oh, right here. You ready? You're, th- you're, you're threading on uh, on very very religious grounds for me here. That's okay, careful. but but the first movie and the second movie. Let's see the parallel. There's a robot on a planet that has to yep. be taken to a rebel base uh-huh. where they, it has embedded in it the secret plans to the Battlestar. I have my criticisms of Star Trek, too. And there was some stupid things about Star Trek. I mean, they always introduced a Geordi LaForge plot device of some kind to save them. You know, mm-hmm. It was always an engineering miracle that uh, he'd come up with out of, the, out of the blue, some sort of tachyon wave or something that they could figure out. Genius, but, that Geordi uh, LaForge. He was. So, he was just an amazing guy. So you, so you didn't dig the Force Awakens? I mean, you, you didn't like the movie, really? Just did really didn't. I'm sorry. I'm too much of a curmudgeon, I guess. I just didn't. Um, it was. It I was funny. It had great action. The Han Solo died. Spoiler alert. I mean, it, oh, it was so no. much. You see, you say it. You say in spoiler alert uh, after the. Well, whatever. Yeah, I mean, but come it on. Was, it was so dramatic, too. When he dies, uh, his kid kills him. I mean, that's taking a hell of a step towards the dark side. I mean, there's so much stuff in there. I don't Amazing. know. Amazing. I thought there were some interesting I concepts. Really like so the, too. I was I was reeled in like a, like a fish, I tell you. Dude. I paid to see that movie four times. Four times. Are you serious? No way. Six over here. By the way, we're, we're, we're joined by Lou. Lou, you're on the line on Skywatchers Radio. Welcome, my friend. Uh, thank you very much, and I'm sorry to drag this back to an earlier point and maybe a digression that is, a, hopefully, at least a little interest to you guys. Well, get us uh, off of uh, trashing Star Wars. Wars. Go ahead. Go ahead. I know, I know. So I better get off that track. Yeah. Um, he mentioned Tom Swift, and I also remember Tom Swift, and that probably went over most of the well, audience. I had a, head. I had a set of those books too. Oh, dude, I had the whole rack. Yeah. I had the whole. We had the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my what, what I want to get at is actually I got some audio tapes of it just so I could listen to it again. And, of course, you know, it's books for younger boys. But um, I read voraciously when I was a kid, and probably the two of you did as well. Maybe all of us did. But what now that – and Tom maybe comment that he doesn't read as much now with the Internet. And I am in the same boat. And yeah. my question yeah. for you guys, given that Tom's an author, and then I have to hang up, and you can just, you know, say what you will, what the future of reading really is. For, well, see, that's um, my problem. And that's you. what I was talking with the uh, the the, the, the um, and I apologize. The the gal was talking earlier, um, talking about publishing, self publishing, mm-hmm. and this is where Crystal. I have an yep. issue with with all of that. And the fact is, I came to the realization is, I'll be honest with you, I am not a bestseller. Okay, um, and you can call me a bestseller; it makes me feel good, but I'm not a bestseller. I've sold a few, and. And I haven't sold like I thought I was going to sell. I thought, okay, there's going to be somebody out there that wants – the percentages are like the city of Los Angeles. You open a store selling one type of rubber band and there will be enough people to pay your rent because the population is big enough to buy that one rubber band. That's Los mm-hmm. Angeles. But the 
Amazon and the book selling market is not like that. It's it's um, people. There's a there's a ruination of sorts to the whole process. What sounded but like you're talking great, about the selling end. I'm talking about the reading it. I mean, you could say it's well, okay. And here's the, the problem: the coin, but not enough people are reading, reading anymore. People are reading, but they're doing more on the internet. They're, you know, like the e, e-, e- downloads or whatever. I mean, that's really people are, well, are spending most of, the of their time doing. Right. People aren't reading as many books, maybe. In the writer's universe, here's what happens. Here's what everybody yeah. does. They go and write their book. They're, woohoo, got my book cover. Woohoo, we released yep, yep. at a release party. Come to my event. Woohoo, they sold 10 copies. Then comes Reality Station. Sweet. Okay. Now. Now what you need you to do is you need to start promoting. Okay, I have no money. Okay, what am I going to do? I'm trying to make my bills. Well, see, I got to hang on, Tom. I got to interrupt you. You should have started promoting way before you wrote that book. And that's a common – I mean if you're going to self-publish, but there's a process. Interesting. Well – just this write the book and expect it to – that's a common mistake that authors make because, look, we're writers. We don't want to promote. Like I just want to write the book. I well, want that's to a actually, very good point. I mean, actually, I, it's new to me, but it's yeah. a good point. No, that's, a, that's an excellent point. I have comic book author friends uh, who have done uh, independent graphic novels, and they were uh, promoting this stuff at, com- at conventions a year or two before it was ever even finished. Well, that takes oh, some yeah. bootstrapping. Oh, wow. There's some bootstrapping yeah. involved. Now, number one mm-hmm. – Look, it's, it's – if you're going to self-publish, it's all on you, but that means the rewards are on you, and there are so many resources I could give you, Tom, and just anybody who wants to know, if you, if you want to promote your book. And the, if, one of the best things to do is to keep writing. Oh, Get absolutely. Well, let me, let me interrupt you, Chris, although I think you're an author, aren't you? Crystal, you're I an am. author. All I am. But I, I just like Angel's point. They may be reading online. I'll grant you that. I do that. But yep, these are yep. little um, snippets of, of articles. We're not reading full books, and whether or not that's yeah. But like, Lou, remember we live. Yeah, but Lou, we live in an ADD filled society. You know, the, reading a little article here and there—that's what we do, man. You know, we're, we've yeah. gotten to the point. Yeah. We've gotten okay. to the point here's that so reading an entire book Twitter, that takes too much time, universe. too much effort. I would argue universe. that's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. It's real. I mean, Twitter's a great thing, and I do believe that we do have AD, you know, ADD and ADHD. But right, right. The authors that are that are successful, self-publishing authors, successful. I don't hear them complaining that. People aren't reading my book. That's not our okay. problem. Okay. So readers are there. Well, here's, my friend, here's, I've got to go. I've got to go. But nice, good thanks, show. Lou. Talk to you. All right, Lou. Bye. Well, I, I, I apologize. Is your name Crystal? It is. Okay, Crystal. Uh, yeah, I guess we're, we're um, and I appreciate your constructive input. But my my feeling has been, and, and I had I did do some research, and it's based. That was what I based the story on. I did want to sell. I wanted to sell a story that was saleable. It wasn't strictly about. You know, going off on a tangent, and this is my prima, this is my prima donna attitude. This is my Mona Lisa. You can't alter it. I wanted to alter this story enough to make it move and sell. And so, it isn't a failure. It just hasn't gone where I wanted it to. And yet, I found out through a lot of research that self promotion of self published books it's a very difficult road unless yes. you have some backing. So Absolutely. it's not that the story's bad. It's not that I have a bad cover. It's not that I don't didn't do all my dot all my uh, I's and cross all my T's. It is a difficult process because unless you've got some advertising money behind your book, it's not going to go very far. So I said to myself, okay, that's fine. I get it. I'm not crying. But I also think there's a bigger market with my story in the movies or in a television show. I really, that's where I really want to take it. So I'm not uh, – I'm realistic to say, okay, it's maybe it's weak as a book because the book market – I do disagree with you. The bookseller market for new entrants into the business um, – it is difficult to break in, yeah, even though well, it's I, free I, to get up there on Amazon. I'm disagreeing that. I'm just saying that there are steps an author can take to make it less hard. 
Okay, great. No, I, yeah. I, I'll, I'll take that. But I, I see a lot of people on Twitter. They go oh, join this group on Facebook and promote mm-hmm. your book. And I'm like, oh, dear God. And then right. everybody and their uncles. Right. And, and the num- number of romance novels and erotic novels is huge. I mean, that's oh, a, that's just a – sex, <laughs> sex will always sell. Fifty Shades of Grey. I thought if I could write in that genre, maybe that's the place to be, but I just, you know. Hey, look, in this country, Tom, there's things that are never going to go bankrupt. There's things that are always going to sell. Food and sex are right at the top of those things. That's it. And if you combine food and sex, if you you combine food and sex, you'll be on the top of the top. Alcohol is in the top five, but I mean, if you put food and sex together, you'll be on top of the of the mountain. Yeah, stay with the base uh, urges. Stay with the base urges. So yeah, Correct. so I, I I see where I want to go with my stories. I really do want to get the get the get the base. Uh, I have about uh, three or four more directions I can go beyond the next two that I have. So I have a full uh, roster of things I want to do uh, in the future. But I really see the future is going to be visual. Uh, it wants to be visual. Visual. The story wants to be visual. It doesn't really want to be locked up in a book. And yep. whereas some bo- some stories are, are are better in a book. Uh, yeah. But I think this story wants to be a, a visual. It wants. Oh, to go, it, it wants to get out. You know what's crazy though, Tom? It's not just books. I mean, it, that's happening across the board in a lot of mediums. Even the radio uh, is going through that transition now. Where we, if you look, if you look at the platform that is out there of the radio hosts that are really popular, almost every single one of them are doing a video format of their show. Yeah, look at Howard Stern. I mean, he's yeah, uh, video they're, they're all doing it. They're all yeah, doing they, it because that is the, that is the the next wave of radio is seeing the actual interaction with the, with the guest and the host on air while it's going on. It really is becoming video shows. That's really all it is. But that is the, that is the future because we feel so disconnected. We are looking for connection. Yeah, I, I mean it's 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 killing that medium as well. Uh, I mean, the radio is going to be a, a dying dinosaur. Oh, it's a dinosaur already, but it's going to be dying. But well, I find it. I don't think it will ever go away. I agree. I agree with you, Crystal, on that point. I think that uh, the, and what I've seen lately is, and, and I, maybe it's just me becoming aware of it. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I think I see this kind of a, a almost like a, a a rush to get on some sort of audio broadcasting show. Everybody wants to start a show now. Podcasting is hot now. Yeah, and, it's a thing uh, to do. So oh, you're not you're not hip if you're not podcasting. That's the way it is. True that. True that. <laughs> yeah, so I see yeah. that as the kind of the next rush, and YouTube is really making it too easy to stream. Mm-hmm. I mean, and making it's, it way again, too easy. Video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Live streaming, podcasting, is, 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 video. There you go. I mean, well, look, it's why. the same way. It is the same way with books. There are right. virtual reality technology is really exciting for an author with an ebook. Of course, uh, it definitely. Really, yeah. It's really, yeah, you really, know, and Crystal, here's what I think, and I see, the, I see these kids, the, the millennials are coming up with. They're growing up on the internet. The internet is a utility like we grew up with light bulbs. For them, it's just another utility. So for them, it's an, an gaming, uh, spending 10 hours on a Saturday gaming with your buddies and just burying yourself inside of some video game and now going to virtual reality. I mean this stuff is just going to get worse. And I say that facetiously. But it's just going to get get more and more. And so for me, I I do as much as I love writing and being an author and all that kind of stuff. I really see the fact is the facts of life are that there's less reading. I think there's more visuals. I think no. people are going to be doing more more visuals. I, I will I will vehemently agree with that, Tom. I I, I really I what's just your, don't think reading is the problem. Not at what's all. Your to- what's your topic area, Crystal? Science what fiction. Do you, write? you write science fiction. I write, okay. I write science fiction. Yeah. 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 
So similar, similar to you, and that there's a message inside of the fiction. So, oh, good, good, good. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. That, that sort of thing. But I mean, look, I, I'm old fashioned too. I hate ebooks. I, I know. I mean, I have an ebook of my book, but I, it really annoyed me, Tom, that I cannot get your book in print because I only buy print. I will not. You read can. It. You can get it. It's okay. on Amazon. You, you can buy yeah, it in print. Okay, yeah. I, I I only love print, and you know, and that's a dying breed. You Actually, know, you and I are in agreement on on this, Crystal. Co- I completely but uh, you know everybody's got an ebook now which is i don't know it's just I, you know what i failed the test on ebooks let me just tell you what happened with me crystal on ebooks i hate ebooks too because i had to convert them to this moby format upload it into this kindle thing i said you know what i'm not doing this they can buy the copy of the book or they can get the pdf they that's it i'm not doing this this whole thing was really annoying me so i uh uh i don't do the uh i don't i'm not a fan of ebooks either I think it's cool. I mean, uh, yeah. they, they, the formatting they put you through, the nightmare they put you through to format it for that. I just, you know, I got other things I got to do. I want to get back to writing. I don't want to have to sit here and, and fight this. And uh, so, yeah, you can buy it. It's uh, it's available uh, in print. And um, you know, if you want to send me a copy, I'll autograph it for you and send it back. We'll do we'll do snail mail. <laughs> we can do that. People so. still do that. That's amazing. But by the way, guys, we got Kevin uh, who called in, uh, and I called him back because we missed his call. Kevin, you're live on Skywatchers Radio. What's up, buddy? Yeah, well, speaking of ebooks, there, Tom, uh, do you have it on audiobook? No, but actually, I had a guy. That's a great idea. The Amazon, I have to give CreateSpace credit. Amazon has a complete cradle to grave system for authors, and uh, you can put your work out there for audition, and and different uh, voiceover people can do the audio version of it. Uh, I got a very well-known voiceover artist wanted to do my book, but again, his fee was um, uh, whatever the industry union rate was, and it was going to cost me uh, 10 or 20 grand to get it read. And he even gave me a sample, and he did an awesome job. And I'm like, damn, I wish I could afford to get this done. So these are obstacles you have to overcome. So I've got to you know, use my day job to fund my my dream of writing for the time being until I, you know, until things break out or I sell a screenplay or things really break big. I just love the topic though. And I love uh, the fact that this story came together um, and that, and it sounds kind of weird, but it's kind of self-promotional, but I think it, it, uh, I think it came out well, you know, there's always room for improvement. I probably could have made it twice as thick and um, I saw the page level it was getting to. And I thought, God, this is just going to be, uh, it, we're getting into the Bible here. I don't need to go this deep. I need to get a story out and get it done. And uh, so, yeah, I, I would love to get it on audiobook. Uh, well, but, uh, if if you think of it, you know who I am, and I definitely gravitate toward audiobooks because of my blindness. So that's right. I remember. Um, I, I remember you have called into uh, Doctor J's show. And, yeah. Well, uh, what, yeah. Uh, what you can also do. What you would also do is there are some programs out there for Android, iPhone, Apple, oh, and yeah, Mac yeah. that will actually I, do text-to-speech. Interestingly um, enough. Audio book for you. Interestingly and enough. The thing. I can scan a book, albeit a little bit slow, but I could scan a book into my computer. It would take a little while depending on the size of the book, but that's possible. But Kevin, why don't you get a whole books. Kevin, get their ad- get your email address to these folks. I'll get you a copy of the PDF. Can you use that? Can you, Maybe can you... my software, is, but it's becoming more possible. So probably. Interestingly enough, the um, I I have a Macintosh, 
Macintosh has a text-to-speech utility that's rather amazing. And um, if you format your text correctly, it will actually read your book, read your text. And um, stop in the paragraphs and the chapter. But if you can, yeah, yeah. yeah, you have to add in a certain amount of spaces, and you may have to reformat some of the words. I actually have a version of the book that uh, I did that with. It's rather time-consuming to format everything, no uh, but Not it bad, can yeah. be done. Yeah, it's absolutely possible. But, you know, I mean, I'd be more than happy cool. to send you the, the text version if that would help you. Um, yeah. 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 It, it, send these guys quiet. an email. Send an email uh, to to the guys here, and I'll get that to you. Oh, we know Kevin yeah, very well. I, he's, he's, I uh, believe he's I've a, got your I believe I've got your email address, Tom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Just send me a, so, send yeah. me a note. I'll send you the PDF, and if you can if you can convert it and read it, that'd be great. Yeah, I'd like to because I was interested listening to it as you talked about the book. One of the things that struck me is the utopian society is possible. But as we go from a type zero to a type two, uh, for starters, there's going whoa, to whoa, be whoa, 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 whoa! How about the type one first, my friend? We got to. Oh yeah, but I'm talking about <laughs> you're skipping one step. That's a big. That's a oh, big I leap. know, but but think about the leap to zero to type two, and the problems that would if we don't blow ourselves to smithereens that's right. a big premise right there we are headed <laughs> down this you get past, yeah. you get past to blowing ourselves up and you take this group of people to colonize a new planet you've got to make very sure that one of those new people or some of those people aren't don't have malevolent motives now think about this i actually explored that concept i had to put some recursive logic and some really – I had to stare at the screen because of this. We start thinking about this concept and what will happen to society and what will happen to people if a if an advanced species that really wants to help us, number one, we all get to get past this, this programmed uh, – we call it uh, reticence to accept them because we've all been taught that anybody coming here is going to be an, – it's an alien intervention, man. It's a false flag. It's Alex Jones said they were coming. It's a false flag. It's really the – blah, blah, blah. So we've got all this program we've got to get past just to accept them. Then imagine a race capable of – there have been reports in ufology of 26-mile-wide spacecraft. Can you imagine a spacecraft 26 miles wide? Yeah, we that's saw it in Independence Day. That's a big, big ship. Yeah. yeah, okay, so there yeah. we have it, right. As so a point of reference, imagine, we saw it in Independence Day. Come on. And I said, <laughs> if I'm going to write a story, getting back to Crystal's notion of being saleable, if I'm going to write a story, I'm going to go epic. And I, and I said, okay, these people have some big ships. And imagine if you could land a ship in every major city or big metropolitan areas and take large groups of people off this planet. For, uh, I think I calculated over about a 10-year period, you could evacuate this planet over about a 10-year period, just constantly taking people several times a week. Uh, yep. If you had about yeah, – no, they, they could do that in half the time. And who goes? I mean you're going to take all the – Everybody goes. Everybody goes. Everybody, everybody goes, so, yeah. Everybody goes. So everybody on death row goes because, yep. of course – Well, I, I, have solved, I have a Jordy LaForge. There's a Jordy LaForge element to this. The <laughs> criminals and the deviants <laughs> – the alien race, I haven't really even talked about. We sent them to Australia race. again. I have it's a degree. Dublin, Australia. Yeah. My girlfriend will tell you I have a degree in MSU. What is MSU? MSU and uh, Crystal Pie has the same degree. It's called Make Shit Up. And that is the. That <laughs> yes, is, she does. Yes, yes. That yes, is the element yes. of science fiction authorship. You must have a degree in MSU. You must be able to create something that is so out there, you're like, wow, I came up with that? Cool. Um, and that is that these aliens are – think about an advanced race. Now, this is something I gave some thought to. 
think about an advanced race. They're not going to say, well, you can only bring 100 people. We can only take – we only got room for 100. They have the capability of taking everybody. Now, what, like you said, what do you do with the deviants and the criminals? Imagine everything – Australia, ever, Tom. Australia. Every, okay. Well, that, but it goes better than that. I just saw – in fact – little sidebar here. I just saw an article on TV the other day about German prisons and how they're different from American prisons uh-huh. and how they treat people differently. So if you treat criminals the way we treat them in America, you're going to keep criminals. But if you can truly rehabilitate somebody, then can they be rehabilitated? Well, these people uh, think they can do it. So in my story, know. they can take care of that. And you're not going to go to the planet. You're going somewhere. We've got another place for you to go to be re- rehabilitated. And if you jump the rails... If you come to the new planet and you jump the rails, you will be removed. So this whole supposition in this story is you're welcome to the planet. You're going to be provided for. You jump the rails. You will be dealt with. You're no longer – it's no longer humanity trying to figure it out and create some sort of NASA junk to do to, to uh, advance technology. You're coming to this planet and we're going to be managing the infrastructure we're managing your home. We're managing everything for you. We need you people Woo-hoo, to just socialism works. Yay! Yeah, it does. But but really, there's no economics. Socialism's connected to economics. There's no economics. You have a giant planet where everybody basically can have their own country home because there's enough room. And besides that, once you're exposed to a race of people that can take you 2,500 light years away, they can take you anywhere else in the universe as well. Here, here's so. my question, though, Tom, and this is uh, what's always interests me with uh, with folks, uh, especially in ufology, who think the aliens are going to come down and actually take us to their planet one day. Um, what's the motive if there's no monetary system, if there's no incentive? What's their motive? Why would they care to even take us off the planet here and take they are, whisk us uh, they, away? They are the – there's a very, very vague mention. But they are under a directive to clean up the mess. When oh, you think this in terms, very much like childhood then. By well, but yeah, but we don't have people. We don't have we don't have Lucifer-looking guys walking around, and we're not going to blow. We're not going to blow up the planet and erase humanity. So there's a difference to the story. Uh, yeah, I'm very familiar. with Spoiler that. alert, Gant. That's right. <laughs> well, hold on, exactly. if they take everybody off the planet, so what happens to Earth? They're going to terraform it. They're going to clean it. It goes back to healing mode. It's be off limits while they terraform it, clean it up, get rid of all the junk, clean the water, and it could take several hundred years. uh, You know, could take centuries to clean it. That's terrible. So we don't need. I've always wanted to go to Cooperstown, man, and that's terrible. Where you're you're all being removed. (laughs) You're going to be managed, cleaned up. And we're going to set this thing straight. They're under a directive to clean up their own mess. They have several million years of us being misguided and left to ourselves to create NASA junk to put on other planets. Your children are running loose. Okay, go deal with your problem. That's basically what they've been told. Now, imagine a a species of people that is so far advanced, their whole methodologies are going to be way beyond what we're used to doing. It's not going to happen the way we think in terms of doing things. Their directives and the things that they've lived with and their methods and their uh, technologies, their their um, governmental structures, if they even have any, it's going to be completely different than what we do. And so their directive is to come here, make peace with us, show, them that, show us that what uh, they're about is a good thing, and to clean up the mess. So they're going to get us off of here put us on a larger planet and take us to other places, they're going to be removed from here. This is a great planet. It's been ruined because we were left to ourselves. The kids are basically running around throwing their diapers at each other. So 
you know. Yeah, the inmates are running the asylum, in other words. Yeah. The book is called T.U. and the Collectors by our guest Tom Schaefer. And, Tom, thank you so much for uh, spending time here with us uh, tonight and, and being on the show. I really appreciate you being on here, especially after the little mishap earlier on. Uh, you're a gentleman. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Again, the website is uh, MiamiTom.com and MiamiTom.net. If you want to keep up on what Tom is working on now, please check out his websites and follow along with whatever it is he's got planned next. Uh, guys, we'll be back next week here on Skywatchers Radio. As always, thank you so much for being a part of the show tonight. Uh, thank you to the other guy, Crystal Storm, and, of course, Chris and Danny for all their hard work. And uh, thank you guys for listening in once again. And uh, this was fun. We'll be back next week. Maybe I'll be on the air. We never know. Stay safe, everybody. Good night.